Greetings, comrades. You are listening to a podcast of Kyle Style. He's an American capitalist, but he's a very good guy and has much to say about Mother Russia, given current media revelation, as they say. Kyle Style podcast is brought to you in true socialist fashion by listener like yourself. You go to a GoFundMe page and you throw him uh, American dollars and it will continue to speak into microphone. Or he is a fantastic world-famous artist and uh, his work is available for purchase on redbubble.com. Redbubble.com allows him to have designs of his own that he is able to sell through true imperialist fashion uh, on uh, mugs and uh, prints and what have you. You go there, you make purchase, is uh, most beautiful artwork, and uh, although it, it does uh, reinforce uh, Western imperialist propaganda. Without further ado, as they say, here is a Kyle Style Podcast. Well, thanks for joining me once again with that friendly intro from uh, Sergey, or was it Pavel? Yeah, Yuri. Oh, it was Yuri. Okay. Uh, introducing me there. So, you've probably been watching some news. Maybe you're an uh, internet addict like myself and you're just going, Ah, Russia hacked the fucking election and it's all, uh, Trump is a, a Putin puppet. A Putin puppet. And uh, you're going, oh my god, what's going on? <sighs> Here's the deal. This is, this is kind of the deal as I understand it. Here's what you've really got. You've got the Washington Post puts out an article where they have, uh, via anonymous intelligence agency sources, that the Russians attempted to influence our election with the uh, WikiLeaks. Now, I'm trying to spite, it's kind of cobble this together. So, leading up to the election, I kind of thought more people were maybe looking at this, but they kind of, it seems maybe they weren't. I was actually watching the Podesta email leaks drop in batches from WikiLeaks. Like, every day it was, you know, leak number 8, leak number 9, leak number 10. And uh, the the net effect was a little underwhelming, to tell you the truth. It was like, all right, here's a new batch. And then you'd look through them with the WikiLeaks search tools and, you know, use throw some keywords in there. And I saw a lot of early reporting where, like, there was, there was quotes from other people or news articles or whatever – and people were citing those as, aha, we got them. But then I, w- I would point out to people, this was like on Twitter and stuff, that, no, 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 they're, they're quoting some other piece of, you know, they're, they're quoting something else in that. And then people would call me a shill, and then I'd go, no, 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 look, they're, they're giving people like uh, John Podesta, who was the uh, chairman of Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign, they were giving him a news briefing in an email, and they were copying key pieces out of different email or out of different news articles, 
and then compiling them together so that he didn't have to read a bunch of news articles and parse it for all of the important details, right? So people seem to get on board that fairly quickly, and I'm not saying I did that. I'm saying that people moved past that. And then you got to the meat and potatoes, and I don't really want to get into the meat and potatoes of what was in the leaks that was pivotal specifically because it's hard to gauge what pivotal means in this election because holy shit you know uh, the whole thing from trump's uh you know announcement to run to him actually winning was just this shit show of media circus and all of this stuff now here's what you have you have the washington post saying that intelligence agency you know sources that they won't name uh, gave them information that the the Russians hacked both the DNC and John Podesta. Now, the DNC, the Democratic National uh, Committee, were hacked at a different time than John Podesta. Okay, John Podesta wasn't necessarily even hacked. He just uh, fell for what's called a phishing scam. So he received an email where he... Uh, it said, oh, this is a security breach. Uh, enter your password to, you know, counteract this. And uh, apparently he did that anyway and gave his password away to his Gmail account. This led to thousands and thousands of emails all getting released. And here's the problem. You have a media narrative that's already taken root where it's being pumped that it was Russians. It was it was Soviet agents, okay? And we're expected to believe the Washington Post via anonymous sources. Now, I, I get it. This is a very serious issue, okay? This, this would be very serious in the sense that a foreign government has manipulated our election process and they have their own, you know, uh, their own objectives, of course, and that then... In, in people have extrapolated that in some sense then somebody like Donald Trump would then be beholden to that foreign interest, in this case Russia. Uh, but God, this thing is so it's it's so it's kinda complicated and kinda not, okay? On the one hand, you have all these email leaks. And it played a role in the election. Like I said, it took up some of my time watching these things happen and, you know, commenting on things online and, you know, uh, know, putting these leaks together in different ways. I'm not even saying I was an important player in it or anything. I'm just another person who was watching it happen. But there's a limit to how far that reaches. Like, that's maybe younger people, maybe people like myself who are, you know, who are on Twitter too much, that kind of thing. And in some sense, it did break, you know, it broke into the mainstream media. And so it had an effect. But let me, okay, let me, let me put it in terms of uh, a New York Times article that came out. They had uh, just a flowchart that shows, let me, let me pull it up here, that shows the, um, kind of the the path that these leaks allegedly took given this um in 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 terms of this Russia medal in our election angle okay now it's assumed 
Okay, well, let, let, let me do it backwards. So I'll start at the bottom. So now we have um, we have the news talking about it. You now have, uh, I guess, congressional uh, uh, investigations of this uh, hack of these politically sensitive emails, right, that played a role in our election. And it came from WikiLeaks, right? And certain emails were released to certain media outlets from a hacker known as Guccifer 2.0. And, you know, WikiLeaks had, I, I want to say it's like this, Wiki, WikiLeaks had all of them, but certain ones that had been identified for, you know, whatever purpose were, were released to different media outlets and bloggers and that kind of thing. So it was promoted that way, but it was also promoted through WikiLeaks. Now, the 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 flow chart that the New York Times has is 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 well organized in a sense. All right, I'm I'm not necessarily in agreement with it, but it's it's organized in a sense that helps us. So, Guccifer 2.0 was the at least the channel through which these emails were released. Now, the Podesta emails, at least, and the. Now, they were also released, though, through another group called DC Leaks. And DC Leaks is a copycat of WikiLeaks, essentially. Uh, but they received the hack of the RNC. That's the Republican National uh, Committee, or the, the GOP were hacked. And their emails were released through DC Leaks, but they result, didn't result in much. There was no media traction or anything, and apparently they were just kind of boring, right? So you've got Guccifer 2.0 and DC Leaks being the avenues through which we anybody is aware of any of these leaks, okay? Leaks or hacks, whatever you want to call them. Now, here's where it, it goes off the rails because this New York Times flowchart immediately above them puts... Russian uh, intelligence agencies like the GRU, and I mostly wanted to try to pronounce this. <laughs> the, so the GRU is the uh, main intelligence directorate for the, uh, I guess, the Russian Federation. But uh, GRU in Russian is like Glavnoye Razvedyevtlanoye Apravlinye. Uh, eh, something like that, and they are, you know, uh, they're an intelligence agency, an electronic kind of thing. Now, this flowchart then goes up and says, ah, it was Vladimir Putin, who's, of course, been the president of Russia for, you know, 16 years or whatever. And my understanding is he's not a very good guy, kind of a KGB murderer who... Uh, killed off his competition back in the, you know, in the early aughts so that he could retain power and continues to be a prominent figure in Russia. Now, we've uh, we've also had to face off with with Putin over uh, activities in Syria, okay? Syria is backing Assad, we're backing rebels, and it's all turned into a giant mess. Now, here's the problem, is that I've also found another source here that kind of tracks this whole timeline and it's uh it's called emptywheel.net and the author empty wheel 
lays out a very a very strong timeline and you know analysis of of the flow of events here and who did what to whom and who they might be now above remember the flow chart above Guccifer and the uh, DC leaks the New York Times flow chart just jumps to it was Russian intelligence agencies. Well, even this uh, analysis from Empty Wheel says that, well, it was methods used by Russian intelligence agencies in the past or in other instances, but there are also other hackers that use these same methods. Okay, So what you have is it kind of could have been Russians. Uh, it's circumstantial evidence and things kind of points to it. Maybe it was one of these Russian uh, uh, intelligence agencies, but it's not certain. Now, again, let's go back to the Washington Post article where they basically said that high-level CIA, uh, you know, intelligence operatives gave them anonymous information, saying that the CIA somehow knows that it was Russians. Okay. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road as far as my interactions with people online and stuff in the last, you know, the last couple days. There is no publicly available concrete evidence linking the Russians, the Russian intelligence agencies, with the DNC hacks or the, uh, the Podesta leak, the Podesta phishing hack, right? And these are these are two different email scandals, okay? And then you have Hillary's unsecured email or email server she had in her bathroom and all that stuff, the deleted emails, the because you'd be in jail, all of that. Those are three separate incidents, okay? Now, here's where here's where I this is where my mind goes now is. There's a massive amount of paranoia and panic happening when I look at different uh, Twitter feeds and everything. There are hardcore liberal types, uh, call them progressives, I guess, who are absolutely freaking out that I guess that 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 either Russia and Trump uh, and his new uh, his appointee uh, was it Tillerman who is who has the uh, <laughs> Russian friendship medal because he did work with them at ExxonMobil and he's a you know a, a, a corporatist in a sense at this point he's going to collude with Russia Trump is going to collude with Russia they have leverage over him and we now live in an oligarchy kleptocracy a kleptocracy meaning it was stolen right and that I, I, I'm not quite sure where that scenario goes from there, that we will just allow Russia to rampage over the whole world, or we won't step in and stop Russia if they're doing something really wrong, like they kind of are in Syria. Uh, whether they... Uh, it, it goes a lot of different directions. So you have people who don't like Trump already now have this chip to add to it, and then it's starting to look like the 1980s again when the cold war was kind of 
at its height while also beginning its, you know, ramp down. A lot of talk about nuclear weapons and all of that stuff. Now, here's the important thing that people are are foregoing. And this is something I'm seeing from leftists who say, oh, that was it. Uh, Hillary lost the election because uh, Russians intervened and uh, released these emails and that damaged Hillary, uh, Hillary's chances of winning because they wanted that to happen for their own reasons, etc., etc. Now, that's understandable. That's a little bit of kind of real politic. It's a, a, a way to influence elections. The United States has done similar things in the past, and you go, yeah, okay, that, that is uh, quite a possibility. But what they are failing to realize is that there are other issues with the Hillary Clinton campaign that don't really have anything to do with the DNC, uh, uh, with these email uh, hacks, right? And a key one that people that came and went, it was it, it seemed prevalent around the time of the uh, election. These videos have millions of plays. Was the Project Veritas videos? Uh, some people with undercover or with you know hidden cameras had sit-down meetings with various uh, heads of the DNC and various strategists who were engaged in some very questionable uh, you know tactics and strategies and openly talking about it. You know, like that this is about winning, not about being ethical. That kind of thing. Um, and and how they used a, a strategy they called bird-dogging. So they would basically pay people to go to these Trump rallies and start fights. And then when the fight ends up on the evening news, it looks like, oh, it's another violent Trump rally. And this was all intentional on the part of the the DNC. Now, like, was all of the violence at all of the Trump rallies because of this bird-dogging practice from the DNC? I don't know, probably not. But there it is, that they promoted this this idea and tried to create this media narrative. There was also um, there was also talk about various like funding things that were very fishy and all of this stuff. And I mean, I'm going to include a little playlist of the, some of the Project Veritas stuff because they did something. Uh, you know, the day of the election, they sent a woman. It was, it was New York City, I believe. They sent a woman uh, in a burqa into a voting booth or a polling station. And she said she was Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's right-hand gal for a while anyway. And she was allowed to go into the booth with Huma Abedin's ballot. But she didn't fill it out because that would be fraud. But she was able to get all the way to the finish line without getting caught. That was released, you know, the day of the election, <laughs> right? And... It's, uh, these, and again, these videos have millions of views. So this wasn't Russian hacking. This was just Americans doing uh, some undercover journalism, right? So investigative journalism and finding some rather unsavory things. Now that probably had an influence as well, but that's, that's, again, that's an outside influence. What about just the Hillary campaign itself? Now here's, here's something that I was amazed didn't get, more it didn't it didn't, uh, it didn't pique anybody's interest was Hillary Clinton um, 
I guess it was September 5th, they unveiled the Hillary Clinton campaign jet, right? And it had the I'm with her or stronger together or whatever, you know, logo on the side. And it, it, it struck me as odd because, you know, she had been collecting money from various donors and everything else. And the point of this jet was that she would have the press fall, you know, ride around with her. But when she was on the jet with the press, she would just go to a different part of the plane and not talk to them. So she was kind of like holding them hostage in her jet as they flew around. And I, I feel like the, the purpose of the jet was to kind of try to compete with Donald Trump because he was using his own private jet to fly around and go to all these uh, speeches and everything, uh, these rallies. But I, I couldn't – I was like shocked – that that's what they decided to spend their campaign money on. And they ended up spending a ton more money uh, on their campaign than Donald Trump spent on his, and he was still able to win. And it it's like a, it's just another example of the things that were wrong with Hillary Clinton as a as a as a, a candidate maybe as a person, you know, just her own personal failings, that don't rely, doesn't, is, Russians didn't hack every interview and every event with her, you know? Like, she has her own uh, dissonance with people. And she had, I mean, I've already kind of covered this in the, some a few previous episodes. I took down that... Uh, uh, occupied Democrats meme that I came across that kind of made me, you know, infuriated. But uh, there was a whole tone and a whole attitude and a whole vibe that was kind of apparent in the election, and it it was detrimental to her, obviously. Um, Let's see. Uh, she she said in one of those videos, uh, it was an interview. She was like, "Well, why aren't I fifty points ahead?" W- well, you you aren't, you know, like, or I should be fifty points ahead. Well, you are you are wherever you are. Like, if you're using some kind of objective moral judgment to try to decide that you're you're, you're judging people, basically, it was like judging people for not you know supporting her. Um, sorry, people have various reasons for not supporting you. Sorry. Uh, you know, chastise them. It, that's not going to win them over. Anyways, um, getting lost in this thing. So again, okay, so Russian hacks, uh, are one factor in this election. You had things like the, uh, Project Veritas videos that helped sway maybe millions of people to vote certain ways. And you had the betrayal of the Bernie Sanders voters or the perceived betrayal. The the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign essentially colluded ahead of time to uh cut out Bernie Sanders. Now the Sanders voters apparently, you know, uh presumably learned of this. Now that's a factor, but again, some of them probably still voted for Hillary. They went, ah well my guy didn't win, but we still have to beat that awful Trump. Some of them probably didn't vote at all because they just went, ah, fuck it, I'm staying home. And then some of them probably did go, 
no, fuck you, you screwed us over on purpose, so I'm going to vote for Trump and stab you in the back. Uh, And there was probably some write-ins as well. So that's another factor, right? So if you add them all together, you might have, uh, you know, you might have something. But it allows, what I'm seeing online anyway is that it this whole russians hacked the election is kind of like the headline where people seem to think that they like hacked voting machines or something it allows them to avoid facing reality and let's be honest this isn't just about pointing out the a potential future issue with donald trump and russia and our foreign relations. This is about attempting to inspire a certain level of hope and question questioning uh, uncertainty about the uh, electoral college vote um, here on the, the 19th of December. I, this is what I think they're doing. On the one hand, news outlets are trying to pander to audiences that they misled for the last... Uh, you know, year about the actual probability of a Trump victory. And then you have the people who are angry because Hillary won more of the popular vote, like two point something, you know, almost maybe three million uh, of the popular vote uh, more than Trump did. And people who are just upset that Trump won at all. And they are stoking this idea that the Electoral College they can, I've seen videos with celebrities already, uh, that they can vote their conscience and not vote in a unqualified, you know, demagogue. And they can, you know, do what the founders intended and hand the election to who to a more responsible, a more qualified person. And what they mean is Hillary. They say, oh, you don't mean Hillary. But yeah, they, you mean Hillary. And it's, it's sad and in a sense, it, it is actually a little scary because we we do have a very po- divided nation, uh, you know, the population, if you look at the popular vote. And were it to swing the other way, were the Electoral College to vote in, say, Hillary instead of Trump or to bring it before the House, uh, I guess it goes before the House if they don't decide then they then the house could decide to vote in hillary and then i don't i don't even know what that would look like i mean i i don't want to say that the right wing are more violent but at this stage of the game after trump has already begun cabinet appointments and it's like seems set you know uh hillary conceded that would i think i think that could uh not end very well uh, and i mean violence uh possibly widespread you know i don't want to say it's the end of the republic but there would be a lot of very unhappy people and it would set a very bad precedent that that when you don't win you fuss and fret loud enough and promote conspiracy theories about foreign you know, interests manipulating our uh, our political process, and then you change the result after the fact. And it's uh, it's it's a little scary. 
but again, as to the, the, the popular vote thing too, this is the, the analogy I came up with is people are like, Hillary won because she had more votes. Yeah, she did. Um, that's that's how this works, though. We have an electoral college system. It's not a direct democracy for a reason. And uh, the analogy I came up with is that it, it'd be like playing chess. And you checkmate your opponent, but they go, oh, but I took more pieces from you. So I, I win. You go, well, no, that's not the game. The game is I put your king in checkmate. Trump and his campaign basically put the Electoral College in checkmate. They said, we've got all the votes. They're going to go to us. It's game over. And yet you have apparently, I don't know, people who've never heard of the Electoral College before who don't understand how our political process works, being like, no, she really won. She had more votes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's not the game. Like, the victory conditions for the game are not, I got more votes. It's, I got more votes in this state, and that state, and that state, and that state, and so on and so forth. (sighs) So anyways, started off with, uh, you know, Russian leaks, other things that influenced the election. Uh, You know, Hillary's jet was a stupid PR thing. And, you know, now here we are, I'm, I'm picking on people who are distraught, right? But uh, let me let me let me put it this way: If you are one of these people who believes that uh, that the Russians hacked our election or they unduly influenced it by engaging in this hacking process, which no one aside from apparently these handful of uh, intelligence agencies uh, believe or or know actually know about. Pay attention, um, you know. Pay pay attention. This is something to pay attention to when we moving forward, because like I said before, Trump is going to be president. Short of an assassination attempt before the twentieth of January, he is going to be inaugurated, and he will be the next picture on the wall in the elementary school class where they have all the pictures of all the presidents. He's going to be the next one. Okay, and. But that doesn't mean that he's a saint. It doesn't mean he's perfect. It doesn't mean you have to agree with stuff. It doesn't mean you can't mock him. It doesn't mean you can't write things that are in opposition to him. It just means that he is currently occupying that position. And there is, uh, they are beholden. All of these people are beholden to the Constitution, to the desires of the American people, and to... Uh, I don't know, a certain level of morality, like not nuking the world, right? So hold them accountable. Make yourselves known. And in, in one sense, I mean on social media, although you people are getting fucking annoying. At the same time, write your congressman. Look them up. If you have anything that's on your mind regarding cabinet selections, different laws that are getting passed, uh, anything that's happening with even foreign policy, let your elected officials know, I don't like this. Like, that's how it's supposed to work. And yet, most people don't actually do it. They don't actually engage in the 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 actual responsibility. They just want it to be on rails. And this applies to the Trump supporters, too. 
if if you wanted a wall <laughs> to Mexico and Trump backs down from that and you don't hold his feet to the fire about it, well, then there won't be a wall, right? Factors change and, and situations change, obviously. But if, you know, if, if Trump said, we're going to go send another spacecraft and land men on the moon again, and then he said, ah, never mind, that would be a pretty clear-cut change in opinion and position, right? So, uh, anyways, what what else did I have here? Did I have something else here? Uh, oh, and by the way, there was a hack of the GOP. Oh, wait, I already talked about that. Um, here was a factor that, uh, well, god damn it. I'm off the rails now. But I guess the the key thing here is, on the one hand, I want I want the Democrats and liberals to calm down, okay? I, I want you to calm down and not be hysterical because y'all are starting to worry me a little bit. It's almost like they're going to start making bombs or something soon, right? Like they, they really think that they live in like, uh, you know, occupied Germany in 1940. Like they, they, they're... They, they're calling themselves the resistance, and they're... They, calm down. You're still an American. Look around. Look, look. Half of the population, basically, uh, went one way, and, uh, you know, half went another way. You're, you're not alone, and the whole... Our whole society is not about to turn against you. Now, the only real factor with the russian influence okay is our foreign involvements because you know russia's a foreign country uh abroad it's it's how we interact with these other countries at a global scale okay so keep that in mind that uh, your your conservative or republican uh, counterparts they don't want to be russians either uh, I mean, it's not going to be Red Dawn just because, you, you know, just because we we even have collusion with Russia. That doesn't mean that it's going to be good. That doesn't mean it would be fair that if we go abroad or, or if we don't act uh, against people like Vladimir Putin when they do something that's vile. But keep in mind your position. Okay, you have the ability to influence your elected officials, and it's not on rails. You have some control over it, and especially at a local level, like I kept saying, you have an ability to influence things by how you are, how you live, how you, who your friends are, and whether or not you, uh, you know, communicate with your elected officials. Okay, the whole society isn't going to flip and turn on you. And turn into, uh, you know, Nazi Germany and gas all the disabled people and the and the gays and and everything else. It's not going to go that way if you don't go that way, right? Half the country can't just if half the country decided to strong arm the other half. That's called a civil war, and it would be very very obvious. Okay, so again, then it boils back down to foreign policy stuff. And that takes media pressure, that takes uh, international pressure, that takes you voicing your negative opinion. So 
again, I know you're good at that. You, you do it all the time. Let your negative opinion be known, but understand that the reality is Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. I guess that's the takeaway. This all this uh, electoral college—it's—it's it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Okay, just stop it. Stick to your principles. Voice your principles. Start a podcast. Okay, I've—I've I've done it. It's not that hard. Start a podcast talking about all these things that you think are important, and be a voice of reason in what you think of as a world gone mad. All right. Okay. Ranting over. Thank you for listening. Thank you once again, comrades. Uh, this is the style. Uh, what is it? Is a, a podcast of Kyle Style. His American uh, counterpart, the revolutionary. Uh, he's available. Uh, you listen on uh, iTunes, on uh, SoundCloud, on Stitcher. He is uh, is is. Uh, he recommend a. Uh, Podcast Addict is application for smartphone. You download, you listen to podcasts. Uh, he is, uh, he, you can support podcast on uh, uh, redbubble.com. You purchase his uh, world-famous artwork, which uh, supports uh, industrialist, uh, capitalist, fat cat uh, propaganda, but is uh, up to you. I'm embracing uh, freedom of choice. It's up to you to decide. The free market is tricky. Or you are in true socialist fashion, head over to GoFundMe page, you throw him a few dollars, and then he will continue to uh, speak the words of truth and revolution into microphone for you to listen, of course, on iTunes and SoundCloud and podcast for your entertainment and uh, education. Uh, I am uh, Yuri with uh, Kyle Style Podcast uh, Russia, signing off. We uh, thank all of you for listening. Thank you, and we hope world peace in future and cooperation with the president of Vladimir Putin. Nost bedanya.